Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you, if you would, take a moment and go to your favorite podcast destination and leave us a nice review, if you would. Uh, Also, don't forget to rate us if you get a chance. Thanks a lot, guys. I almost even don't want to comment on it because it's just that damn stupid. So you got you're going to compare in the same sentence a Nobel Peace Prize winner, globally recognized hero, somebody who transcended his 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 place and time in history to such a degree that that the whole world acknowledges the 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 contributions this man made in a nonviolent way mm-hmm. to a Confederate general. Alrighty, boys and girls, another fine week of your favorite weekly Alabama politics podcast, uh, or your only weekly Alabama politics podcast, uh, Alabama politics this week with Josh Moon and David Person. Ah, hey, um, listen, we got a good show uh, today, I think. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It may be a terrible show. We'll see. Uh, I don't want to get expectations up. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, let's not be yeah, them too low either. Well, I mean, if they're too low, and then we, we exceed those <laughs> tremendously. The people are like, well, hell, that was a great show. You know, those guys are awesome. Uh, yeah. No. I just don't want anybody to hear that and then think, oh, well, then let me just cut the podcast <laughs> off now. <laughs> Why am I going to waste uh, my no, time? I, I think we've got, we've got a pretty good one. Uh, I, I, actually, I was I was more referring to the stories themselves being, being uh, some of them being terrible uh, than the actual podcast productions mm-hmm. being terrible. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, listen, mm-hmm. we, we've mm-hmm. got some things happening. Uh, we've got some things going on. We're going to, we're going to talk about, uh, and uh, I think you'll be, uh, uh, you'll be entertained. Okay. Uh, if, it, it, that, and that's the goal, right? Is is to have some uh, some insight, some entertainment, uh, maybe a few laughs. Uh, uh, so um, I don't know where to start, <laughs> where to start. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't know what is the bigger uh, story here. Uh, whether it is uh, the attempts to strengthen the monuments bill, and which was essentially a, a, a racist party. Uh, that took place, uh, racist palooza that went down yesterday uh, in the House committee, Uh, the gambling bill finally passing uh, here, or medical marijuana. Uh, And I'm I'm assuming medical marijuana, I'm going to go ahead and put it third, all right? Because, I mean, it's not, it hadn't passed yet. Uh, It's just going to go to the House. It got out out of both committees uh, in the House, and so it's going to go to to the floor now for a vote. And and I think it's probably going to pass. But uh, so we... Yeah, it should. it should. I mean, I mean, Hope what, what's your, the argument? Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. The arguments are so comical that I just sit and laugh all the time when they're talking about these things. And just, just listening to them. I, I think I put on Twitter last week that listening to this was like listening to your grandparents try to explain Bitcoin. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's just so comical, man. And it's just like it's like we're inventing the wheel here or it's, we're the first ones playing with fire, uh, you know. And in the meantime, right. you know, in the meantime, we've got like 30 other states out there that have already passed this, some like 10 right. years ago. And we so we have all the data in the world about right. what it does and what the effects are and everything else. And we're acting like this is brand new to people. And it's, I mean, we had, there was a nurse 
yesterday, a, n- a nurse came in and told him that uh, it, this was just a dangerous thing, uh, you know, that we shouldn't do it. It's just so dangerous, so dangerous. Uh, in the meantime, I'm assuming this nurse mm. has, has handed people thousands of doses of opioids uh, over the course of, you know, I mean, yeah, and that's, exactly. that's what we're talking about. I exactly. mean, you're talking about doctors prescribing. I, personally, I, I think we ought to just legalize the whole thing and go straight to recreational use. And uh, I, I mean, exactly, exactly. To show you how screwed up we are, as we're having these debates about medical marijuana, we're also we've also passed and already had signed a bill for people to deliver alcohol to your house. So, exactly, that's, I mean, that's insane. It's nuts, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, if if you wanna if you want to talk about the effects and dangers of something, there is no comparison None. between alcohol and marijuana. Zero comparison. One None. of them is far far more dangerous uh, than and, the other. And and anybody that's done even a little bit of living knows that. Yeah. You know, all you have to do is spend time around people that have been drinking and spend time around people that have been smoking joints. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's self-evident. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. A hundred percent ridiculous and almost as ridiculous as me telling you that marijuana is our third story and then leading with it. Um, So. Well, it did, well, it, yeah. I, I think, but you know what I do? I will say the reason that I'm glad it, it even though you said we weren't going to lead with it, I'm glad we did because I think that there's a larger issue here. And that mm-hmm. is that the reason that there is such an insanely illogical approach to this topic in our state is because we're in this freaking Alabama bubble. You know, that just seems to uh, to affect how we process things that either most other states have figured out or most other people understand should not be issues. And we can even use this to apply to this whole Confederate monuments conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. again, it's like. It's like we are in some time warped bubble where we don't recognize that, first of all, the Confederacy lost the Civil War. Secondly, the Confederacy was an innately immoral institution, you know, constructed, conceived and constructed specifically, specifically to engage in one of the most inhumane, immoral acts that has ever been perpetrated in humanity. And that's the enslavement of one group of people by another group of people, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the idea that we're still trying to figure out how the hell we can celebrate that very institution for doing this inhumane, horrific thing to another group of people and justify it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the freaking hell? What kind of bubble are we living in? Well, as, as I wrote uh, today, and you know, and to, and to kind of get into into this uh, more deeply here, what you know, we're we're talking about, uh, and the reason this is again a topic is because even after the summer uh, and the and the movement that we had last last summer, and all of the monuments that were removed uh, in this state, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Alabama led the way in in moving monuments, um, uh, old Confederate monuments. Uh, if I, I, I may be wrong, but well, I'm pretty sure that I read that they, that we had, we had led the, the nation in moving those. No, I, I think you're right. But of course the caveat to that is it wasn't <laughs> no thanks to the legislature right, or the government, right, you right. know, this and, is, this is the people. 
Sure, sure. Or a segment of the people. And and, yeah, because that that was going to be my point. uh, Because we're, you know, even despite all that, uh, we are now back to square one with our legislature here, where they come in to pander to uh, this base of people. And and Mike Holmes has brought a bill uh, that would strengthen the Alabama Memorial Preservation Act, which is essentially a bill that was designed to protect Confederate monuments from being moved. That's the only um, reason. That's, that's the, the only, only reason, reason it exists. Um, yeah. And and it's um, his his bill would because the, the the big the big story was you know in the original bill uh, the fine was only twenty five thousand dollars. So a lot of cities said, well, hell with that, we'll pay twenty five thousand dollars to move this eyesore out of the way here and right. uh, and to do the right thing. Uh, and in a lot of cases, groups raise the money. Uh, to mm-hmm. to have these things moved here uh, in Huntsville, so, here right. in Madison County, yeah, right. Well, now his bill uh, would uh, would take um, uh, in, instead of doing the twenty five thousand, it would be a ten thousand dollar daily fine for elected officials and institutions uh, that a monument has been removed or altered in some way. Um, and if you fail, even if you fail to prevent someone from doing it, you could be held accountable to, for the $10,000. So, uh, the sheriff could be held accountable if somebody, uh, you know, covers up the monument out front with paint or something and they, they fail to stop them in a timely fashion. Um, so, uh, you know, basically they're, they're putting another deterrent on this and something that the, the state can do this. I, you know, my, my thing has always been, uh, and I think Birmingham actually tried this or did this uh, is they removed the monument and then gave the middle finger to Steve Marshall. He came looking for the $25,000. I mean, because really, what are they going to do? You know, what do you do uh, with them if they don't pay the bill? I mean, what are they going to send a collection agency after them? Uh, So, you know, I mean, really it's uh, it's, uh, but uh, so this is what started yesterday uh, in the, in the committee in the, in the house. And, it it, uh, it turned into one of the most uh, maddening and saddening uh, examples of just ignorance and and racism that I have that I've seen in a while. Uh, which I think the highlight or low light, I guess, would be better was uh, John Rogers, a black lawmaker from Birmingham. Uh, telling Holmes that he, you know, a lot of black children do not want to go to schools named for Confederate generals, you know, which if you think about it is, is kind of a reasonable stance to take. I don't want my children to go to a school named for a person who tried to keep my family members, ancestors enslaved, uh, beaten and raped and murdered. Uh, and and kidnapped and and separated and all sorts of horrible things happened to him. I don't want a school to be named for that person that fought for that. You know, no right. matter what the time was at that, you know, what 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 was going on at the time or how right they thought they were, we all know now that it was wrong, and we shouldn't have school na- schools named for these people. So right. you know uh, that seems reasonable. And in response to John Rogers saying that he didn't want his you know black kids don't want to go to school named for Stonewall Jackson. Um, Mike Holmes replies, well, maybe these other people don't want to go to Martin Luther King school. Um, and you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I when mean, you scrape the, the bottom of the barrel, man, that's you, we really scrape it. The asinine lunacy of that comparison is so astounding that it almost, 
I almost even don't want to comment on it because it's just that damn stupid. Yeah. So you got you're going to compare in the same sentence a Nobel Peace Prize winner, globally recognized hero, somebody who transcended his 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 place and time in history to such a degree that that the whole world acknowledges the 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 contributions this man made in a nonviolent way mm-hmm. to a confederate general a confederate general a man who was leading the fight to ensure that black people could be enslaved in the United States of America. Yep. That is so incredibly stupid and asinine. I I almost I almost feel guilty that I'm allowing my blood pressure to grow to go up as we talk about it. It's just yeah. stupid I mean, and it's asinine. A, it's a it's a it's a it's a Jim Crow type mindset. Oh, uh, without really question. Is. I mean, yeah, without question. I mean, it is a yeah. it is a you know, and I wrote today. I wrote uh, what I wrote about this is is that what he said and and how these debates have gone mm-hmm. is an indication that this fight isn't really about monuments at all. They they don't they don't really give a shit about the monuments. Let's be honest. They don't. They mm-hmm. don't care. They've never cared really about the monuments. Not that most of them. They don't even know who the people are. They don't know what they did. They're certainly not taking the kids down on a Saturday afternoon to study the the statue of right. General Lee or General Davis or whatever the hell is down there. Because when you roll up to it, it's just the the statue of the guy with his name on the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to go to Google it anyway. Uh, so we're not learning any history there. What that that's not a that's not a historical monument or historical marker. That's a monument monument to a person that's mm-hmm. is what that is all right that's an honor to that person and that's what you're doing is you're honoring uh these people with these statues and so they don't actually care about that what this is about is power all right this is about the power of of white people to remind black people in this country and in this state specifically where they stand and that and to remind them repeatedly that they don't have this power and because if you go back and look at when these things were erected they weren't erected in the 1800s That's to, right. to honor these people That's right. or on some confederate holiday or something like that to honor the the, the services and things like that that that, that wasn't that didn't happen nope. it happened around uh the reconstruction era when, when blacks were were making progress and becoming involved in state government and it happened in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. when there was a you know the civil rights push and, and the rights to vote and, and and there was more progress made them that's when they erected them they erected them to remind black people this is your place. That's it. All right. We That's can still it. do this. We can still do this. We can erect monuments to these people, these awful humans uh, that fought to keep you enslaved, and we can put them right in the middle of the courthouse square, and you got to walk by them every day. And that's the reason why they don't want them put in a, in a museum or in some historical park somewhere. That's the reason why they don't want them moved out of sight is because they want to be able to remind people where they stand, and that's all it's about mm-hmm. is about the power of it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're exactly right. It, it is about the right to basically piss on the lawns of black people in the state of Alabama. That's really what it's about. Just, you know, we don't, you don't matter. We don't care. And we're going to do whatever the hell we want to you whenever we want, however we want. And you just got to suck it up and take it. You just got to, you know, because that's your place. And Mm -hmm. that's what, if you look at the words of, um, um, Alexander Stevens in the cornerstone speech, 
which was that 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 infamous, I say, infamous speech uh, in which he was explaining and defending the establishment of the Confederacy and its cause. Uh, this was prior leading up to the Civil War. Um, you know, that's that, 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 that was basically the essence of it. It was about the place of a group of people. Yeah. The place yeah, of a I mean, group of the, people based on the color of their skin and yeah. their ancestry. I mean, just look at the secession papers for, for every state, for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every every one of them, for, or I think almost all of them, uh, mentioned slavery and how it was so important uh, to their to their states. And not only that, several of them also mentioned the fact that. Uh, you know, black people uh, are inferior to whites, yes. and that's the way. Uh, I mean, it's in the papers. That's yes. what they wrote. That's what they voted on uh, to secede. With and so this idea, and because we had that, that was also the other part of this was this relitigation of the Civil War and these people uh, who who rolled in as proponents to this bill to talk. That's all they talked about was how uh, the the Civil War was not really about slavery, but was about taxes. And uh, I mean, yes. Taxes, taxes on black people. That's what it was. I mean, it was I, it, honestly, it's it's just there's no there's no way around it for any rational thinking human being, yeah. and they know it. And that, but they've tried to create these little caveats here or there uh, to give themselves some wiggle room, and it doesn't work. You know, it, it just the, the reality of the situation is it was about slavery. This is what they fought for. Uh, you know, you can talk about Lee being a great guy. He was a horrible human being uh, that beat his beat slaves and separated families and did all sorts of terrible things. And we have documented history and proof of this uh, from the slaves that were there with him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that worked worked for him. Uh, you know, and, and Davis uh, was also said that he would, he would fight the Civil War over again tomorrow uh, because he, he believed in the cause that much. So, I mean, these are not redeemable people. Okay, And the only reason you want to put this up is because you know that it irritates and infuriates black people. And the only thing, the only reason for that, the only reason you want to do that is because you want to remind them that you still have the power to do it. And the only reason you don't want to take them down, not because you care, you even you can people they can even tell you where these things are. Most mm-hmm. of them they can't even tell you where they are. Mm-hmm. And but the only reason you don't want to take them down, or it, no, they're not even taking them down, they're moving them to another location. Wandling Gavon had a, had a great bill yeah. that would allow municipalities to just simply move these places, uh, move these things to an approved place somewhere yep. in the city uh, or to a historical place in the state. You know, being if they wanted to move it, we could take the money that we're overspending on the Confederate Memorial Park. Yeah, still paying for that with your tax dollars. In mm-hmm. uh, uh, right around Clanton, we could mm-hmm. we could take all these damn things down there and put them in this park. At least it would something would be done with the thing yeah. instead of us paying hundreds of thousands of dollars every year uh, for nothing. But they don't want to do that because they they want to make sure they stay right there to remind you who still has the power here and. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, and well, it's just. It, well, one thing that enables this that I think we have to acknowledge is that for many, many years, history has been taught in this state that has either been at the very least, at the very best, grossly incomplete, and at mm-hmm. the very worst, just a bunch of damn lies. Mm-hmm. And so. What we have is, I think, 
probably two or three generations of people, at least two, who are merely doing what a lot of people do. And people do this not just with history, Josh, but they do it with religion. You know, people yep. will parrot what they hear, you know, yep. about what they what they are told the Bible says or what they are told Christianity stands for. Uh, and and they do it the same. They do the same thing with history. They will parrot what they are told instead of actually being able, you know, being exposed to the history, the actual history themselves on their own, um, you know, or or through some enlightened person who gives them, you know, well, no, that's not the real story. Here's the complete story. Here's the mm-hmm. here's the real history. So. Unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of people who I, 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 I would say I don't think they really do this out of animus. I think they really think a lot of people really think they are defending history and culture because they don't know. And and so the state, I think, has done a grave disservice. Again, I'm talking really, I guess, about the Alabama bubble. Because the state has done a grave disservice to, I would argue, millions of its citizens over the course of time by by this incomplete or or just patently inaccurate kind of uh, history that they have allowed to be taught and promulgated through the school systems. And uh, and so then and so then when 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 people come along and say, well, no, that's here's what. Here's what Alexander Stevens said, or here's what the secession papers actually said, or and here's what Lee actually did. Here's what so and so actually did. Then there's, you know, in some cases they're stunned. It's the first time, you know, for yeah. some of them, I think they've even heard it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I'll say, you know, I was taught in in school that you know most of the slaves were happy. You know, right? Gave them gave, gave them a job, place to live. Uh, you know, and then uh, and, and life wasn't really that bad uh, for him. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was everything was good, you know, except for the beatings and the murders and the rapes. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, everything was great. Um, it, it just you're right. I mean, it, uh, you know, and which was done intentionally in the yeah. whole lost cause, uh, you know, m- effort after the war and uh, to, to kind of reframe uh, what the war was actually about. And. Uh, you know, and, and which has led to these people who, you know, go back and nitpick things out of uh, Lincoln's speeches and um, and, you know, and talk about how they're well, there were also slaves in the north uh, for a lot longer than there were in the south in some cases, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, mm-hmm. well, OK, you know, that was wrong, too, man. What mm-hmm. you want me to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, um, and he's like, well, well, do you want us to take down uh, the statues of X guy who fought you know, with the unit? OK. I mean, I don't know him, you know, take it down. <laughs> I mean, really, I, it's just, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why people are so attached to things like that other than what I've already said, you know, about the, the power of it, you know, but, but the, the average person, you know, why they, they get into this fight about these things and, uh, and it was my heritage. No, it's not. You don't know anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, Folks fought for the Confederacy, you know, and it was because their land was under attack. So, you know, I mean, what, you know, so, so you're for slavery? Is that what you're telling me? Right. No, no, no. Oh, well, then shut up, you know. I mean, uh, it just doesn't, uh, you know, maybe 
hey, maybe there were some Germans who didn't who weren't up with the Nazi thing, but you know, it, we're not we're not putting up statues for that's them, right. You know, and it that's just right. That's right. I just, I, I don't, man. It just is. It drives me insane, and to listen to this, and it's always so embarrassing, and it's always so. You know, so it's just so hurtful. So a quick, for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It is a quick question for you before we have to close out this segment. Uh, uh-huh. Do you, in your family line, are you aware of any confe- uh, uh, connection to the Confederacy in your family line? No, I've, I've, I refuse to look. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I'd just rather not know. Just, I mean, that's, okay. I, I know that there was, I know that there was a, uh, one of my uh, distant uh, cousins uh, did some, uh, did some family genealogy stuff a few years ago. And um, I did not hear uh, during that particular little presentation that he gave at a family reunion of, of any Confederate or union members. Matter of fact, I, I want to say there, I'll take that back. I believe there might've been a union member because I remember mm-hmm. being surprised by that, mm-hmm. but I was far more interested in the family member uh, who robbed several banks and went on the run uh, with a mistress. Uh, and I, I really wanted to know what happened to him. And so that guy was uh, living. I, yeah, he was. I want to know about that. Robin dude, banks what happened to the money? Robin yeah, banks maybe there was a money lady. buried somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I got caught up in that story and just completely disregarded the whole civil war thing. I wanted to know about the dude that robbed the banks. Uh, but uh, so, uh, and I still don't know. He lost track of him in Maryland somewhere, but mm. uh, he had robbed a bunch of banks and did, did some other bad things. Uh, but uh, he was he was high living. He was a poker player and everything, man. He, he did it up. Oh, he was gambling, um, fornicating, and stealing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yes, sir. He was a, he was a triple threat. Triple threat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they That's had morning posters and everything for the guy. So it, uh, it's something else. Uh, but and I wish I could remember his name, but uh, he had a cool name too. But I can't. I, it was like a three. It was a it was a three name name. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, like the, uh-huh. you know, whenever they you know, you're a real bad guy, they you know, you know John Wayne Gacy. You know, mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. You know all three he's names. One of those sorts That's of guys. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all right, well we'll uh, we'll slide out of here and we'll have a guest, although we don't know who the hell it's going to be. Uh, so. <laughs> That is unusual for us. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're just going to pick up the phone and call somebody, and we'll see who answers. Hey. Kind of like a party line. Hey. Uh, well, yeah, we may, it may be you. You know, you listen. It, you're listening. It, may, it could be you that we're about to call. That's we, right. We have no idea. That's right. Now, uh, we'll be right back uh, in just a minute. Alrighty, welcome back, Alabama politics this week. And uh, well, you know, I told you before we didn't we didn't really know who was going to be on as guest, and all the other people canceled, and so we got Anthony Daniels uh, to come on with us. And uh, yeah, man, so so I'm just an afterthought. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Uh, this House Minority Leader, Representative Anthony Daniels, we're, we're always happy to have him because he knows Absolutely. what's going on. It's 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 rare that we can uh, that we can get him in here just because uh, he's uh, he's out there, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, trying to make people stay in line or, uh, or or getting some funding for somebody to do something. So uh, it's nice to have you. I know that there are a multitude of issues. Uh, there always are whenever the uh, legislature is in session. But I, I guess we should probably start with with prisons um, 
because I know it gets pushed to the back burner a lot because it's not as sexy as gambling or some of the other things that, that are going on. But we're talking about a, a $3 billion plan over the course of 30 years in which we're going to purchase basically air uh, because we're not going to have the land or the prisons at the end of the 30 years. And, uh, and we're going to, it's really sketchy the way the whole thing is going. It's really sketchy. The, the people that are involved. Um, I, I guess just what what are your thoughts about the prison plan overall and where things stand currently? Well, Josh, as you know, I'm more in the reform category. Um, I think that uh, there have been a number of bills that have been introduced around prison reform. Uh, some some have gotten some traction, some has not, and some doesn't go as farther, uh, far as the others. And so I think that it's unfortunate that we would spend $3 billion uh, on um, prisons that we won't, we will never own even after 30 years. I, I think that the, the model is, it, to me, it appears to be sort of a loophole for private prison owners and operators. Uh, instead of um, the private companies actually running the facilities, oh, we'll let the state run the facilities, but we'll renegotiate the lease every year for 30 years. And yeah. you and I know that when you're renegotiating the lease every year, I don't see them giving you any discounts. I, I see the no. price going up. Uh, we also, you know, the management piece of it, the state is responsible for the management uh, piece of, of operating the facility and the maintenance. And so, you know, I've never rented a building or leased a building that I had to actually do the maintenance, uh, uh, the upkeep <laughs> on as well. And so it's just a, a very unfortunate situation. I understand the governor um, is trying to solve the problem. Um, but I just think that there are more economical ways to solve this problem. Uh, mm -hmm. I do think the legislature is in, within our purview and our responsibility uh, to try to address the issue. Uh, but one of the main concerns I have is there's no mention of um, of, of Tuttweiler. I mean, like mm -hmm. a facility that has is extremely outdated, uh, and it's 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 not a good facility. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, well, the argument has always been, and I think we had Chris England on uh, a while back, and, and he talked about how uh, they would say when you whenever you brought up Tutwiler, well, we made we, we spent a few million dollars there and we made some improvements, so now it's okay, which I get the argument was always, well, then why the hell can't you do that with the other prisons, you know, and make them okay, and instead spend the money, and this has always been my problem with this plan is the federal courts have told us and the DOJ have told us, here are your list of issues. You're, you're completely understaffed uh, there. You have a real problem with staffing and training. You have a real problem with mental health care and with overall health care inside the, the prisons. You know, not to mention you have a, a space issue as well, which the building, that's the only problem that the building of the prisons are going to solve for a short period of time because you're going to pretty immediately overcrowd them. Uh, but you're, you're essentially, with this $3 billion plan, you're not addressing the top five problems that we have here. And that's always been my issue. Well, absolutely, because uh, let's think about it. You're not building bigger prisons for no one to be occupied them, right? And so yeah. that's not a part of the business model. It's never been. And so you're right. less likely to tackle reform uh, when, you're, when, when space is no longer a problem. Right now, uh, they're talking about space being an issue, uh, so it's forcing us to entertain some of the um, reform bills, right, and measures. And I think that Senator Ken Ward really started uh, started this 
uh, and, and really did a good job. Um, but I think that we haven't, we, we've not gone far enough. And I think that, you know, there was limitations on how far we could go. Um, individuals that are like a property crime of $500 or more uh, is, is not covered in the reform packages that we passed before. Those individuals are, are, are put in a category uh, that to where they're spending, a, they're going to spend a whole lot, a lot of time uh, in prison. And so they're there. So there's just, it's just unfortunate that we are not focusing on reform and rehabilitating. Correction. Right. I don't, I think, I don't think they deserve that name. Correction. <laughs> how are you correct? You're not correcting anything. And so I, I'm like, you know, you need to earn that name. And right now we're just not, uh, and, and, and we're limited. And you, and, and what you just said, uh, Anthony, I think really speaks to, a deeper concern that many of us in the minority community have, uh, the black and brown community have, which is that in order to justify the existence of these prisons, there has to be a a legal mechanism through which you can fill them up, for, through which you can populate them. And we know that uh, studies have shown, research has shown that what these companies want and what states need in order to justify these prisons, they don't need old guys like me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late 50s. They need younger people to be incarcerated. And so that means that in terms of the execution of the laws and the and the role that the justice the system plays, or, you know, and I almost hesitated in calling it the justice system in the context of this conversation. Injustice system. That's right. That's right. Because the because then, you know, we we get these, you know, people being imprisoned for things like you just alluded to that are really, you know, should not warrant you know that, but we, but again, they've got to justify the existence of these prisons, and so they've got to populate them with younger black and brown men, and being in there for longer periods of time. And you know, yes. that's why sentencing reform and other things are extremely important. Uh, we we talk about uh, the the response from the federal judge, and as as Josh so eloquently uh, articulated. Uh, construction is not necessarily on the top priority of, uh, of, of the list. Yeah, size and, and, and capacity is an issue. Um, however, uh, there are a lot of people in prison for drug crimes, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they talk about, oh, no, there's, most of the folks in prisons are violent offenders. Well, if we would focus our attention on reform, that person that get caught with marijuana who we've destroyed their lives and prohibited them from being able to get a job would not have to, uh, you know, I think we, we were able to, to reduce the recidivism at that point. Mm -hmm. But what, the way we criminalize individuals that make a mistake in their life uh, and, and prevent them from being able to be productive citizens or limit their ability to be real productive citizens to themselves, to their families, is, is just, you know, just criminal within itself. That's right. Well, this is why this is why we decry uh, mass incarceration, because it is Jim Crow by another name. It's 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 in some ways it's even slavery by another name. When you factor in that, that that when these these men and women are incarcerated, these young, especially these younger black and brown men and women are incarcerated, 
they, as you just said, they're going to be in there for longer periods of time. And, and then, and then the prison systems, these private companies and even the state governments are often using them to work. They are using them to do work inside these prisons, whether it's uh, call centers or some sort of uh, light manufacturing or whatever it is, you know, to make money, you know, to make up to meet a profit line. And uh, and they're doing it, you know, for next to nothing. It's 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 again, it's it's like slavery by another name. Yeah. And, and they you know, I, I would agree that we are um, exploiting. Uh, the vulnerabilities of those that have made mistakes for um, for financial gain. Uh, and yes. I think that has happened in, in many instances. Um, I also think that uh, in that same vein, and I do think that there are opportunities, there should be room for uh, focusing on more uh, of, of opportunities for those individuals to become productive citizens, right? right. And so, uh, you know, the, what the edu- average education level uh, literacy level for a an inmate is about third grade. And so we should be focusing on, and then what can a person do when they get out of prisons with the third, with, out of prison with a third grade education, right? I mean, it's really hard for them to be able to operate in society, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we're, we're not only, we're warehousing people. We're not doing mm-hmm. any type of rehabilitation. And so that's mm-hmm. why you hear uh, Representative England calling out uh, the leadership in our prison system and, and the need for new um, leadership in the prison system. And I could I see exactly what he's talking about. And I'm, I'm at the same I'm at that point uh, to where uh, I think that uh, we have to have a change in leadership. Um, and, and I agree with uh, Representative England. I, I, I've always fallen short of actually making that until I've been able to collect data. But I do. I am of the same position now because. Uh, it is unfortunate uh, that we are not managing this process properly. Um, and I understand that some will say, well, this has been a problem since before uh, the prison commissioner got there. But hell, this prison commissioner has been in office since Bentley, been in mm. position since Bentley. How long do we have to wait to make things happen? Yeah, yeah. Let me just, uh, Josh, real quickly tag one other thing in here for Anthony to reply to. And that is. So the, the state of Alabama, as you as, as you and Josh have, have put it very well, is entering into this long term, you know, driven by the governor, entering into this long term, extremely expensive prison contract. When at the same time, the Justice Department, the federal Justice Department, the Department of Justice is saying that the federal government is getting out of the private prison business. How do we reconcile this this disconnect here? Well, uh, I would say this. I think that the way this thing is structured, it is more of a loophole. It's a loophole without saying, okay, private prison um, companies are not managing the day-to-day operation in the prison, but they're leasing them to us. And we're going to renegotiate this lease every year for 30 years. And you're still not going to own the facility. Mm-hmm. And well, oh, yes. And we're going to allow the state to provide the staffing staff uh, the facilities. We're going to allow the state to maintain and pay the maintenance on maintaining the facility. I mean, really, 
I would get out of the business of managing prisons and doing leases, you know, so it's a no brainer. <laughs> and so for me, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that they found this loophole, uh, the private prison industry, to find, the, find this loophole, but it's costing, it's going to cost us $3 billion. And it's going to cost our kids and grandkids. Mm. And that's, those are not, you know, we, there's a better way to do this. Um, first of all, focusing on the front end, on the preventative side, um, and, and really uh, reducing that school to prison pipeline. That's number one. Um, Relooking, looking at a lot of the cases going back, you know, thank God for um, Brian Stevenson and his organization for really going back and reviewing Amen. all of these cases where individuals that have been, uh, you know, convicted, wrongfully convicted. But then as a state, um, when we're talking about Mr. Hinton, uh, we oppose a bill to give Mr. Hinton uh, his, you know, financial. Um, yeah. Or what we obligate as a state to give financial uh, means um, to someone that was wrong, wrongfully convicted that that all done all this time, and we got to look at you know the previous look at some of the cases, review the cases. We got to re- review some of the individuals that have been prosecuting the cases. We just got to see. We got to start looking at the details because we've allowed this thing to happen. And that's the systematic issue that exists within our system. That's a problem that folks that are much smarter than I myself should be looking at. But instead we're focusing on warehousing and we're maintaining the status quo. That is unconscionable. Mm -hmm. Well, it it all kind of goes to the mindset that we have in the state. And and the mindset that we have here is not one that places rehabilitation as the primary goal. Uh, it 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 places uh, punishment as the primary goal, and 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 so I I think that unless we change that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do, what, how we say it, because they're going to keep underfunding uh, the rehabilitation and education programs in schools. I mean, listen, just go right now. There are kids that are being held in prisons at, that are minors. They're being held as adults in prisons. And you're under an obligation, and when that occurs, to educate those kids the same way as if they were in, in high school. Um, go and talk to the teachers that have to do that or the principals uh, that, have to, that have to supply materials to the prisons uh because if you're you know basically let's say you're in in huntsville and you go you get put in jail for whatever uh whatever school you were zoned for in huntsville is going to provide uh most of the materials there for you to you know you're that's going to be your learning course and so talk to those people and and ask them what goes on i mean it's it's unimaginable uh talk to them about what they did in the virtual schools in this state uh when they were they had people enrolled that had been long out of prison and they were still claiming them. So, you know, it's a it, it's a it's a farce is what we're doing here with this. And it's all built on this. We've got to house all these people and there's no way around it idea. And it's a it, it's a misconception. Uh, it's uh, people are approaching it the wrong way. But I, I wanted to ask you, too, about the. um uh, the the way that we're good doing this with Core Civic specifically, uh, because Core Civic has some problems, uh, and I think we we reported on them in APR. Uh, they've had uh, had some litigation go down, and part of the litigation uh, that they had, a class action lawsuit, 
uh, was that they could not either manage or provide rehabilitative services anywhere close to the level of the federal government, uh, even though they misled their investors, allegedly, into believing that they could. So how did this group become one of the primary builders of our prisons? Hmm. Well, I, I guess they wrote a hell of a proposal in response to the <laughs> RFP and, and probably um, developed some unreasonable expectations that can never be met by any of their competitors, and that is mm-hmm. impossible. Uh, but when you look at the end of the tunnel, uh, the light is shining bright for them. Yeah. Hell of a payday for somebody. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the thing of it is, Facts. and I think this was also what, what uh, Chris England talked about, too, was that there's no way they're going to be able to maintain this lease rate uh, going forward. Uh, the, 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 the margins are so small. That's the reason why so many other people backed out of this was because the margins were so small. And so they know going forward uh, that they're, we're going to have to increase the maintenance and we're going to have to increase the fees uh, on this. And so it's probably going to end up being, you know, four or five billion dollars that we're paying for these prisons uh, because there's no way to do this. And so I I just can't. Don't y'all have a way to stop this? I mean, y'all control the money, right? We, we, we do control the money. And, and what they're asking us to contribute is, is basically the lease. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and of course, corrections. Um, but uh, as I indicated, we will be having some real conversations and real debates uh, once this situation is, is all said and done. So uh, I think for us is um, as the appropriators, uh, we got to we gotta have more conversations about what we're willing and what we're not willing to do. I thought uh, in the beginning of the session when we were having this debate that we were going to move in a posture of really uh, taking the lead on um, on prisons from a state legislative perspective, but I've yet to see a bill be introduced or any conversations around it. The entire uh, conversation has been more around uh, issues that really don't bring in about any type of prosperity to our state or even our state's image. And, uh, you know, whether it's Confederate taxing or, or uh, fining individuals that remove Confederate monuments or gaming or, you know, whatever, Medicaid or whatever. We've just not had any real movement or conversations around the things that um, that's important. And, and the things that are not important is dealing with uh, Confederate monuments and, and, and really glorifying them as if they're something that for us to be proud of. Uh, and, and, and so it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I, before I tell you, you mentioned something that I, that I wanted to ask you about before we before we get you out, and that is the uh, the gambling bill that passed the Senate. Um, I, I wonder what you th- what you think about that uh, that bill, and and also what you think of its chances uh, in the House the way you see it. Yeah, I, I think that that bill um, we not fit, we we're not finished betting uh, this bill um, at at this point as House uh, Democratic Caucus. Um, but I would I would imagine that uh, there are going to be a lot of recommendations from our people. Uh, there have been some folks that have been left out that represent counties with constitutional amendments in within our caucus. And we're of the position that we want to make certain that uh, this is going to be good for Alabama. This is going to be good for people that have been operating that legally passed their constitutional amendments 
uh, that they have uh, a seat at the table um, and, and have a voice at the table uh, and not just be on the table. And we don't plan on running any of our caucus members over because um, they they don't have the the super majority numbers uh, to get their communities in the bill. And so uh, I, as, as a leader, I remain committed um, to my members and making certain that their interests and their communities are not left behind. If you're losing jobs in one, 100 something, uh, 200 jobs in one community, uh, the question is how, you re how do you replace those jobs? How do you explain to those community, that community that, oh, we're gonna have to shut you down. And so there's a lot more conversation that has to take place from a house perspective uh, to, to really start moving uh, on, on this piece, piece of legislation before we start, the train start moving, leaving the station in the house. It's already left the station in, 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 uh, in our court from the Senate perspective, but from a house perspective, I think there's still some work that needs to be done. All righty. Well, that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. It, it, uh, it looks promising anyways, at least we could get some, uh, we, we'd have a little bit more money, uh, here or there, uh, as compared to, to what we have now, but we'll, yeah. we'll see how it looks. Uh, we'll see how, how it goes. It's never easy, uh, when those things get over there, but Hey, we, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Uh, and, uh, I know you gotta, you gotta get out and keep the Republicans in line. Uh, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind just, you know, maybe on your way by smack Mike Holmes in the back of the head, uh, or something, <laughs> just, just something, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you're over a, there by him. You, you gotta be, you a nice gotta open palm slap on yeah, the back just, of the head. Yeah, just give him a best slap on the back of the head. Yeah. Just keep on walking. He'll know what it's for. Stop being a racist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Holmes, Mr. Holmes is probably uh, realizing that this is an issue that folks are very passionate about on the opposite, having the opposite position that he has. And so I'm certain that uh, many of my colleagues have had those conversations with Mr. Holmes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will... Uh, um, I would not pose a physical threat to Mr. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a politician and a diplomat uh, through that whole sentence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a shame, man. I was really hoping for a fist fight, but okay. <laughs> However you want to handle it. Well, you know the Alabama legislature is not beyond having a fist fight. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Old that's white true. man. What are you going to do with him? So. All right. We're going to get you out of here. I really appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully we'll we'll get you back on uh, the next time everybody else falls through. So. Thank you, Justin, and certainly appreciate you guys. And hopefully my bill will pass today that deals with allowing microbreweries. Um, they right now they do two hundred eighty eight ounces a day, and we're trying yeah. to remove that cap. So hopefully that pass. Yeah. We'll get, get yeah. some more economic development and some more sales in my district. There we go. <laughs> go out. Yeah, get hammered, baby. We'll go out and get hammered. All right. Take it easy, Anthony. Safely uh, at home. Safely. safely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> safely hammered. That's right. Safely hammered. All right. We're uh, getting my That's Anthony Daniels. He is uh, always, Take uh, it always easy, great bro. to have on. And, uh, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's always nice to get him in here. All right. We're going to slide out of here. Uh, we'll be back in a minute to wrap this baby up. Alabama politics this week. Hi, this is David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, Josh and I have a lot of fun doing this podcast, and we also try to keep it very informational. 
with newsmaker interviews, and, and we try to do our research, too, before we get on here and pontificate. I hope that you find the podcast informative and entertaining. So if you do, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to rate us, subscribe to us, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is you're using to listen to us. Please do that. That will help us to move up in the rankings and also to uh, get more people to tune in. So if you're a fan of Alabama politics this week, I hope you'll do that for us. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Uh, Hey, before we begin, I just uh, thought of something. You know, today... We're recording this on Thursday, April the 15th, and people will be able to get it on the next day, Friday. But today is Jackie Robinson Day oh, yes. for baseball. Yes, it is. And and I've got I've got uh, Major League the Major League Baseball channel up and and um, and was reminded of that. I'd forgotten that myself. And I just think it's, you know, we ought to. You know, uh, we probably got some baseball fans who listen. Let's go ahead and and just real quickly, you know, give a nod of respect to uh, Jackie Robinson and his great contribution, not only to baseball, but to civil rights in this country. You know, he wasn't he wasn't uh, he may not have had the impact of a Martin Luther King, much to Mike Holmes's chagrin, (laughs) but uh, nevertheless, he had a tremendous impact on the world of sports. And had he not done what he had done, uh, I don't know that we would have, uh, you know, you could argue that that sports wouldn't be integrated today. And sports also wouldn't be as rich and entertaining as it as it is. Oh, today. absolutely not. No. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, so, uh, you know, the amount of crap uh, that he took uh, there in mm-hmm. his time was and and to keep his keep his head up and to keep you know moving along like he did was is just remarkable uh, you know and and I think that uh, he had some support uh, from some some teammates and some people uh, that that helped him along the way and uh, you know I think those people should be commended uh, for taking a stance um, and but I think that that's um, you know, what he did and what he endured uh, will well, forever change baseball and change sports as we know it uh, for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, imagine watching 10 white guys try to play basketball again. Jesus. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, or watching, you know, or watching, uh, you know, 18, or, you know, or however many guys play uh, play baseball, uh, white guys play baseball yeah. and, and how boring that would be. And, uh, you know, the, the inclusivity of, of sports uh, is what makes it great. And, and the, if you're mm-hmm. good, you're good, you know, it, that, that's what yeah. makes it great. You know, that, that weeds out, uh, the people who don't belong and, and gets you to the people who do. And, uh, and that's, that, that's what, we, that's what everybody wants in life. You know, if, uh, if imagine, yeah. imagine if Alabama, the state could be like Alabama, the football team, uh, you know, mm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. where we, we don't, we, we just play the best and we, we worry about the best and we don't worry about, uh, the skin color or, or anything else there. Um, you know, and, and what happens when that takes place uh, is, is you see the results of that. You see the results of, of, of good. I mean, really, you know, our football, college football uh, it is, a, is a great model for how we should do things in this state, which is you pay good people an appropriate salary to lead. 
you 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 manage teams based on ability and uh, based on on how they perform, not based on skin color, uh, and you give everybody an equal opportunity. Uh, I mean, you do that, yeah. and and look what happens. Uh, you know, you yeah. you level the playing field, and and look what happens. And it's just it is. I mean, it just imagine baseball right now without Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, just I mean that dude. <laughs> That dude is the only thing that keeps me from throwing a remote through the TV most nights. Okay, um, <laughs> I mean it sure as hell isn't Luke Jackson or AJ Minner. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know it's. Uh, I mean, it's just you know last night, you know Acuna basically was was the Braves. Yeah. I mean, he was the Braves, you know, and and he has been for for several weeks because nobody else is hitting and the pitching has been terrible, and especially the relief pitching. Uh-huh. It just, I mean, it it oh. Oh, when AJ Minner well, walked three straight batters the other night. I, I if I could have got my hands on that man, oh, <laughs> poor Braves fans. Oh, poor Braves no, right. fans. I, I'm a White Sox fan, so I yeah, I don't really keep up with the Braves. Yeah, but, I, I, I'll tell you, it's but, become uh, very hard for me with the Braves because of the chop yeah. that they continue to do, despite the fact uh, the Native American mm. uh, tribes have told them that they're fine with the Braves, but they want them to stop doing some of the. Uh, extracurricular things that, around them that are really offensive right. to them. You know, the, the mascot mm. deal, the, uh, the chop, the things like that, that it, it is really, really offensive to, to them. And to, to hear that and then just keep doing it, it is really, yeah. and then the statement that they made, you know, after they decided to move the all-star game out was, well, I, I thought really tone deaf as well. Um, sure. Uh, sure. It was. You know, it's, uh, sure so it's been, it's been hard. And I've been thinking about becoming a Dodgers fan. Uh, uh, I, you know, mainly because they're winning. Dodgers are a great team. Yeah, I was yeah, say I, mainly I, because I, they're winning, and so it would be a lot easier to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say, I will say that uh, I think, I think a cogent argument could be made, could have been made for keeping, and I think we talked about this for keeping uh, the All Star Game there. But we'd have, but there would have had to have been, I think, a plan and a strategy in place to address the, the social justice component. And they just, you know, to my knowledge, they didn't have one. If they did, they didn't present it or promote it to the public. And I think that's where they failed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it seems like to me the same way the NBA you know, which is to me the model league for 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 successfully balancing sports and entertainment with with social justice activism, the NBA and maybe more specifically the WNBA. Uh, but, you know, Major League Baseball in, in the city of Atlanta and the Braves, I think, could have could have worked together. Especially considering the spirit, the 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 civil rights legacy of the city of Atlanta. Of Atlanta, yeah, they could have worked together in an effective way if they'd really tried. I, I don't, I don't disagree. I'll, I'll say that I think um, I don't have a problem with what took place uh, there. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I don't either. I, yeah. I think that um, that what it did was uh, was open the door for Coke and Delta and some other uh, organizations. Uh, to kind of follow that through, and I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure how likely that would have been to happen 
had Major League Baseball not taken that step. Um, I, Could be. You know, yeah. I, I know, and, and yeah. I'll tell you this, and I think it also shines a great big spotlight on the racism of, of Kemp and the other people in Georgia and a lot of Republicans uh, that they immediately came out and blamed Stacey Abrams for that, even though she said, I was I right. trying to keep it, uh, or trying to work out a deal to keep it, uh, instead of Rob Manfred, uh, the Major League Baseball commissioner, who was the one who made the decision to move it. Uh, you know, it's, right. uh, uh, and so it just, uh, I, I think that's a, um, it, it's, I thought it was an important step uh, there for for not just baseball, but for uh, for every everybody involved, uh, you know, and and for the movement itself. I think it it um, I think it I think it'll make a big difference. But you know, I, I just overall, I, it's just become come hard for a Braves guy, you know. It, it really has, and I, I've been I've been doing this my whole life, you know. I've been watching them since I was I can, I can, you know as long as I can remember. I've been they were on TBS, wow. okay. uh, you know. Yeah. And, and my dad, we used to watch during the Dale Murphy days, and God, they were terrible. Uh, I mean, they mm. I mean they'd lose a hundred hundred games, and we were still right there watching every game, just expecting the miracles. Um, you know, and so, uh, but sounds like me when I was a kid with the Cubs, yeah. man. I say, which is why I'm not a Cubs fan anymore. <laughs> I finally had to say, forget y'all. Yeah, and I, I've always, I, and I was, I was gonna say, I picked the Dodgers too because I've always loved LA uh, sports because of Magic Johnson. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've always been a big Magic fan. I got to meet Magic. Uh, well, yeah, been a few years now, and got to talk to him. Wow, and, uh, really? We were. Magic Johnson talking to me from Montgomery was like Magic Johnson talking to Bob Costas. Uh, it was mm. just that same, hey, man, what's going on, man? Yo, happy mm-hmm. to talk. Oh, my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was just that enthusiasm. Uh, you know, I don't care. And we and, and we talked for a long time. I mean, we were it was supposed to be like 15 minutes and it ended up being like an hour. Uh, you know, life and what he was doing with uh, with uh, black businesses and uh, and just, you know, what what it was like. And I mean, it just it was really uh, kind of one of those you get to talk to a hero of yours and it was really reaffirming sort of thing. You know what I mean? You, this was a guy that you should have liked is the way I came. Away yeah. And so uh, I've always yeah. you know, I've always enjoyed. Uh, uh, a well, before we go further, since you share that story, I have to say a few things. First, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. And if you weren't such a good man, I'd hate you. But I don't I'm not going to hate you. I'm just going to accept the fact that you've had something, a great experience that I was not able to have. But I will say this, and this comes as a very close second. Um, I went to college with three of Magic sisters. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yvonne, Kim, and Lil. And Lil and I are actually still good friends to this day. Um, We don't talk very often, but every once in a while we'll talk. And um, in fact, I I sent her a text probably, I don't know, probably a few months ago. But um, but yeah, yeah, just and and just that I, you know, Lil didn't play ball, but she was just a great person, just a great friend, a college friend. And uh, now Yvonne, she played basketball. Right. And when Yvonne would would when we when Yvonne was bringing the ball up, it was uncanny. Now, she didn't have Magic's height. Yvonne's probably. I don't know. She she might be five, eight. 
I'm not really sure. It's been a long time since I've seen her. But I just remember when she would bring the ball up the court, it was uncanny to me how much she looked like her brother. Right. You know, in terms of her ball handling skills, she could handle the ball. I don't remember if she was I don't remember if she was right handed. For some reason, I'm thinking she was a lefty. But anyway, just uncanny, the resemblance uh, in terms of just the, 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 the manner, the mannerisms I'm talking about, the, the way she would handle the ball. Uh, so that's my. It's your magic, that's about, it's your magic oh, story. Your magic story. Well, yeah. yeah, and the fact that he uh, and I didn't have anything to do with this, but he gave uh, half a million dollars to uh, my church. Oh, nice! I, I would have claimed credit for that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I claim no you know, credit. Hey, you know, I talked to him. I talked to him during that phone yeah. call about giving a half million to somebody, and he said he's going to find a church, <laughs> and so I'm going to take credit. For it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm completely joking, of course. Uh, but uh, it's uh, you know, listen, I, I, I sometimes I do miss yeah. uh, the old the old sports writing days, you know, where because it was yeah. most conversations were friendly. You know, and, and, you know, 90% of the conversations were just about games and, uh, you know, how people live and, and stuff. And, and some of that, you, you, you don't really have that sort of thing in political writing a lot of times because it's not a game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's real life and it, and it impacts people and it matters. And, uh, you know, I, I know sports does to to an extent as well. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to belittle sports in any way, but it just, you know, the, at the end of the day, they are games and it is entertainment. And, uh, and listen, if, you, right. if you ever start going to, uh, to college or anything with any of LeBron's sisters, I'm really looking for a hookup there. So <laughs> I really like to meet LeBron, uh, you know, just, just, you know, just, I just, and I don't even talk about basketball. I just want to talk about education and, and what he does and, yeah. and his foundations and things like that. I, I, that's what yeah. I, uh, so if anybody could hook me up with LeBron and, and get him on the podcast, I would, I would love to have him for a little while just to, just to talk about guy, what man. he does. And, yeah. and, uh, I, I just think out of all of our sports figures, there is probably no more remarkable human than LeBron James to think about where he came from, uh, his yeah. family life. Uh, the way he was treated like a god from the time he was 12 years old uh, to skipping college uh, to becoming, uh, I, I mean, just uh, from all, from all outs- outward appearances, a, a model father and husband and uh, philanthropist and a businessman uh, and the way he has conducted himself and the way he leads the league and, and the way people respond to him. I just I can't you know I, I don't I don't think there's been a story like that that you could point to and so many people well you know a lot of white people tear him down because he's outspoken uh, and they're not used yeah. to that in a superstar um, but when the, when they could like with Barack Obama they could have taken uh, him and held him up as an example of of what you can be and how we can get there mm-hmm. uh, and and mm-hmm. what LeBron's done with education and the amount of money he's donated and what he's done for Akron. It's just, I, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough good things about the guy. I just, I really can't. I, I know, and I know I'm like a fanboy yeah. with it, but it's, it's more than just the fact he's a great basketball player, which I think he's the best mm-hmm. ever. But, um, and we can fight about that if anybody would like to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would probably, I'd probably engage with you on best ever, but without question, he's, he's got to be in the conversation. Oh, oh, oh I mean, who, who else would be the best ever? Well. 
you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want us to go down this rabbit hole, but I mean, a few names come to mind. None, none, uh, none come to mind. Man. Really, not better than LeBron. Well, I, you I'm know, I, you know, first of all, we've already mentioned one name, Magic. You uh, know, Magic was think, good. Magic was good. You know, but he's not guarding Kareem out there, is he? Well, okay, I'm still saying, but anyway, we we'll save that for another time because that could be a whole show. It could be, but 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 his off the court achievements and accomplishments, you know, especially as you said, in light of his background, it's just it's an American story that I think I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's unparalleled. I just is he's without peer in terms of how far he's come. Considering that, I think by even the most generous standards, you'd have to say that if anybody had told you about LeBron James as a child, pointed to him as a child Mm -hmm. before, I mean, a little child, you know, single parent and all of that stuff and and, and kind of giving you a sense, you know, the fact that he wasn't going to go to, you know, he was, you know, he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to, in the minds of many people, he wasn't supposed to have graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I, I yeah. think he's a phenomenal human being. I really do. Oh, I do too. And, and, and listen, I, and it's kind of be, a, I guess, a, a little bit of a weird segue, but a, but a segue uh, into a discussion of the, of the gambling bill. Because I, I do think that this gambling bill and the way the money is structured, uh, revenue is, uh, distribution is structured on it, uh, could could lead to similar changes in the state mm-hmm. um, in in terms of providing scholarships for for kids, uh, you know, loan forgiveness for some for some folks going to college uh, for certain uh, degrees, um, and I think it it could you know broadband expansion. I think it is it has the potential to to drastically change the way uh, this state functions. Yes. Um, and 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 brighten the futures for for a lot of kids out there. And, and that bill uh, passed uh, the Senate finally um, on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. I believe, yeah. Tuesday night. Um, and it, it was uh, very weird. I mean, you know, first of all, they voted this thing down or it didn't pass. They didn't really vote it down. It just didn't have enough votes to pass because it needs uh, three fifths as a constitutional amendment. Uh, and so. It didn't pass the first time. Then they brought us a simple lottery bill, quote unquote. Uh, and then they approved enabling legislation for that simple lottery bill, then recalled that uh, bill, then carried over the bill. And then when they brought it back, they had substituted basically the original gambling uh, casino bill in for that lottery bill. Uh, and then they went ahead and approved it. Uh, so uh, and it and it passed you know fairly easily. Now that original uh, bill was Del Marsh's bill, right? It was. Yeah, okay. It was originally Del Marsh's bill. Uh, this one was Jim McClendon's bill, technically, but really it was Del Marsh's bill, um, and that because all the other enabling legislation was Del Marsh's stuff, and uh, it um, um, you know will allow for nine casino locations uh, in the state. Uh, the three that are currently operating now by the Porch Creek Indians, a fourth in uh, around Fort Payne. Uh, that will be owned and operated most likely by the Porch Creek Indians. Um, there will at the dog tracks at Green Track, the Birmingham Race Course, Victory Land, and Mobile Greyhound Park, and at uh, whatever they call the place down in Dothan in Houston County. Um, 
those, those will be your locations for casinos. Uh, they'll also include sports wagering and a statewide lottery. Now that goes on the ballot, it, assuming it passes the House uh, here in the next week or so. Uh, that'll go on the ballot in 2022. And so we'll be we'll be up for for a vote. So which just judging by by, by things, it's gonna it's gonna pass. So good, good needs to. Yes, we've talked about before. Uh, there's this, and again, I go back to my Alabama bubble theory. It's really crazy that um, that we as a as a, and when I say we, I guess I really mean the government uh, of our state has been comfortable with the fact that our people, Alabamians, will go outside of the state to gamble. Yeah, you know, and uh, taking. You know, millions of dollars, uh, and 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 Alabama sees no benefit from this. You know, we're going to casinos outside of the state. We're going to we're playing lotteries outside of the state. Um, yeah. You know, and we're not seeing any benefit from that. Um, and we already have, you know, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, we already have an entity in our in our Porch Creek brothers and sisters who who know how to run successful casinos. And, uh, you know, we, we and, and who have been doing that, at least in a, in, a, on a, in a minimal way here in the state. I mean, there's just no reason why Alabama shouldn't just fully engage in legalized gambling because we're already doing it. You know, yep. it's like the marijuana argument. You know, you're arguing about something that's really kind of dumb because people are already using it. You know, it's not like yeah. people aren't using, aren't getting high and smoking joints in the state. Come on. It's, that's that's been mean, happening for decades or centuries. Come on. And it's not like it's not, not legal all around you. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, that's the part exactly. That, that, exactly. That you. All right. We got, oh, we got to do a right wing nut and then we got to get out of here. Okay. So, I mean, uh-huh. I, I think everybody knows a right wing nut, right? I mean, it's Mike Holmes. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I mean, really, you knew it going in. You mm-hmm. knew Mike Holmes was going to be a right wing nut. Who else could be the right wing nut? He's right. He's out right wing nut every right wing nut out there, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if that sentence made a lot of sense. It made a lot of, it made a lot of yeah. sense. And I think we made the case in the first segment without even indicating he was going to be a right wing nut. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's insane. Still, Anybody who would compare Martin Luther King Jr. to Stonewall Jackson is they they have fallen way off the logic train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You are right about that. But that's um, listen, I think we've given you everything. So I was right in my first analysis. Uh, great show mm-hmm. all the way around. You know, I mean, what we let's see, you got uh, racism, uh, gambling, a little, a whole lot of basketball, more basketball than you bargained for. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, and, and and some prison stuff. As and well. some baseball so, uh, to go along with that yeah. basketball. Oh, and some baseball. Yeah. yeah. Well, far more sports than you ever thought you were going to get. So, all right, that's going to do it for us. Until next week, you guys be safe. Peace.